0: How you guys doing today? Good. Great. Eh? Yeah. How many people are, eh? <laughs> Dang it, JT. <GT. laughs> I didn't fall for it when you left for the first time, and you got me on the second one. <clears throat> How many people are just, eh, today? <laughs> eh? Yeah? Okay. I think that's great. It's okay to say that. You know, I, I, I hope that the good news of Jesus Christ fills your cup. I hope that as you sit there and you say, ah, I'm, eh, today, hopefully you realize that you are forgiven that all your sin, shame, and, and, and the effects of that are, are no longer yours. They belong to Jesus because that's what he died for. But let's move on. Let's talk about what we've been talking about in this series. We've been we've been going through this this sermon series called Life Priorities. And we have this one left, which we're going to be focusing on today, on, on our jobs. And then uh, we have one more next week. But here's what I'm going to say about this. This is one of my favorite, like, I've done other sermon series, and it's probably the one I like the most because I just feel like uh, it applies to me a lot. Um, it, it, it speaks to me in my life and how when I don't have my priorities straight, I see cracks in my, in my life, in my, in my family life, with my wife, with, with so much. So, um, matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to share about that in a second, but I believe that this sermon series has the ability to give direction to our everyday life, as I said before. It has the ability to help us avoid unnecessary hurt and pain. And I'm going to tell you something that happened to me this week, but before I even tell you about something happening this week, let's go through, hopefully not up there yet, good, they're not up there yet. Let's go through the, the four priorities, okay? What's our first priority? God. You guys need to be a little bit stronger. You guys sound like a white church. <laughs> <coughs> if you found that offensive, too bad. Second, What's our second priority? Spouse. Spouse. Better. What's our third priority? Children. Children. And what's our fourth priority? Our job. Our vocation. What did I say? Job. Oh, okay. I thought you guys were laughing at me. Good, okay. I thought I messed up. I was like, oh, did I say the wrong thing? You know, this week I had the unique opportunities, two different times where people, I'm um, talking about the pain and the hurt that's going on in their lives or in the lives of close friends to them and 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 it's funny because I'm not connected to these people, but then we end up in the same spot, and we end up talking about things, and both times, both times, it was obvious that their priorities were all mixed up, That, that God wasn't number one, or their spouse wasn't number two, or their children weren't even being considered, whatever it was, you know, both times, I just said, man, like, this is what we're teaching in our church right now, and, and for one of them, I said, "Did anybody teach you those four priorities in life? Like ever have you, have you heard them and this person had grown up in the church and they said no. And this was what it's about it's, it's about not living a life of trial and error. I don't mind trial and error. I, you know I think like there's many things that I try and if I don't like I, I move on and I try something different, but like, but like there's a few things and these four things that we're talking about need to be consistent. So, <clears throat> I'm hearing a noise, I don't know if you guys hear that. I made my head, okay. Okay, anyways. So, God, spouse, kids, job, freedom, and our priorities. But instead, I think our priority chart looks like this one. Go to the next one. I think it looks like this a little bit. It looks a little messed up, because we don't realize what's important to us. Or we do, we just don't prioritize it because life gets busy. You know, this week I was talking to um, uh, Andrea Bernard. If you don't know her, Andrea Bernard moved here about a month ago from Seattle. And she's one of my friends, and, 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 and we knew each other when we lived in Seattle, and we were talking, and this is what she said this week. She said, man, I have so much extra free time now that I live in it. And in my head I'm thinking, well, you're not commuting as much to work, even though it's probably some commute, you know. But like, we're just not a, it's just different pace of life. But then, as I thought about it, I, Andrea, I think I said these words to you. Be thankful. Because it's kind of like this. It's kind of like when you buy a new house or a bigger house, and, and you have this house... And, and you put your stuff in it, and then as you live there month after month after month, you start to add to it, and you put something new on the wall, and you put something new in this corner, and you add an extra chair, and you add an extra vase, and you add all these things, and, and it will fill up on you over time, correct? It's no different than our priorities in our lives, it's no different than how we treat the priorities in our life. If we are not careful, if we do not guard what's most important to us, things that Satan would love to attack, then it will be easy for us to become or have the wrong priorities in life. <clears throat> and with that said, I want to share with you as we get ready to start. When we talk about, um, as we talk about uh, our vocation, our jobs. I want, I want you to hear some stuff that out of all the years I've been a pastor, I've been a pastor for about 10 years now, I've worked for a church or in ministry since I was like basically 20, maybe 19, um, that in some way. But I'm telling this because of this reason. Because in all the years that I have done ministry, I have never, ever, ever heard anybody say this. I would gladly put my job first even if it meant I lost my wife and even if it meant I wasn't able to watch my kids grow up. I've never heard anybody say that. I've never heard anybody say I really wish my mom and dad would have worked more because I really wish I could have had another video game. I've never heard anyone say on their deathbed, if only I could have gone to work one more day. Right? Why do I say this? I wish I would have worked harder so we could have had a bigger house on their deathbed, said no one. I tell you this, because sometimes our focus gets, gets knocked off. And my question for you is this, what is it that we're working for? What is it that you're working for? I, I, and I, I ask this because if we don't know, then it's easy for us to, 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 to lose our priorities. So let's, let's read the text today. It's only two verses. And to be honest, I'm really only going to sp- speak on one of them. But I, they go together, so, so they're there. But let's pray, and then we're going to look at these uh, two verses. Uh, Dear Lord... I thank you for your word to us. Thank you for the way that you convict us. May you speak to us. May you speak to our hearts, our minds, and our souls. And may you convict us. In your name we pray. Amen. It's what? Okay. I do still hear it. Do you hear it? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay, we're going to move on. So, with that... Let's read our text for today, here it is. It comes from Colossians chapter three, verse 23 and 24. And I'm gonna read it from two different versions. So I'm gonna read this one, then we're gonna read it again. This one's from the ESV, or the NIV, I mean. Whatever you do, this is from the ESV. Whatever you do, work heartily, ask for the Lord, and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Now we're going to the next slide, and this is what it says. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord, as a inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. You know, uh, I remember a time when I was just out of high school. I was attending a school in Minneapolis called Aphobus, which stands for Association Free Lutheran Bible School. And, and my best friend from high school and I both ended up going to this school, and we both ended up working at this Ramada Inn and Conference Center. And my friend, his name is Danny, uh, he, best friend. I mean, uh, and this job ended up being something that was so great for, for me because I, I got paid to work with my best friend, they fed us one meal a day which was like a big hearty meal and i'm in college and in the college i went to the food was horrible and and so i remember filling up each time but what we did this ramada in a conference center was this we'd go to work we'd go to school every day from eight to noon and then we'd eat lunch and then we'd go to work from like one to five one to six one to seven okay and i remember one day going to work um Actually, what we did when we went there is we'd set up all these conference rooms. So we'd have these tables and, and, and for these business meetings, and we'd set up these tables, and then we would dress them. We'd put these skirts around them. And then we'd set up dance floors and mics and do all that stuff, put candies on tables, get waters ready, and that's what our job was. And, and it was just me and him working together, and I loved it. But one time I was at Bible school, and it was late one night, and I stayed up super late that night, Maybe you got like a couple hours of sleep. Got up and went to class from 8 to noon. And then I went to work, and I was super tired. So here's what I did. I started to set up this one room. I get the table set up. I dress the tables. I then said to my friend, hey, man, I'm going to take a nap. I'll see you in a little bit. And he's like, what do you mean you're going to take a nap? I said, I'm going to take this extra tablecloth and this extra skirt, and I'm going to go under this table and I'm going to take a nap, and I'll see you in a little bit. So I go into the table. I, I, I bunch up this, this tablecloth. I make a pillow out of it. I take the skirt, and I put it over me, and I, and I go to sleep. And I'm sleeping until I hear this noise. And it was my boss who had been looking for me, and he starts he's yelling at my best friend. Where's Brandon? He says, I'll go look for him. And, and, and so he doesn't lie. He's doing his best not to lie. He says, I'm going to go look for him. And, and my boss, and he's trying to get my boss to leave the room. And my boss was like, no, I'm going to wait here. He has to walk by here eventually. And I'm going to wait here until Brandon comes out. He was literally leaning up against the table that I was underneath sleeping. And I'm freaking out. Now, I, I've, I've, I've typically been a, a good worker. I've typically worked kind of hard, but that, it doesn't matter. So I'm underneath there, and, and, I'm, and I'm waiting for this guy to leave, and I can see from the half inch from the table thing, I can see he's just standing there. And, like, I am getting nervous. I'm sweating. I'm... I'm so finally, I don't know after how long he waited in that room for me. He left. I got up. I ran to a different conference room. I said every, I started like setting up stuff really quickly. And then he comes in. And when he sees me, I'm sweating from one running around a lot, and two, because I was scared. And, and, and he never even asked me a question. He, he just looked at me and goes, looked around at the room, and saw I was halfway set up, leaves me alone. And, and we drive home that night, and my friend Danny thinks it's the funniest thing ever. So he goes back to school and he tells everybody this story. And, and, and so he told his roommate this story. His roommate later on, that, his, his roommate laughed, but later on he comes down to my room and, and he knocks on the door and he comes in and like, he's like, ah, Danny told me that story today. And I was like, ah, you know. And, and he comes in and, 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 and he says to me, hey, I want to share a Bible verse with you. And I was like, okay, what's up, man? And I was, I was glad he was changing the subject. Just share a Bible verse with me. And, and he says, it's Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. And I was like, okay. At this time, I don't know even what Colossians is. But so I, I just say, okay, sounds good. And he starts, he opens his Bible, and he reads these words to me. It's, it's, it's funny because he read these words to me. I, I, I am not good at Bible memorization. But he read these words to me. I have never forgotten them. That's the reason I have two versions today. Because I, I'm gonna give it to you in the version that when he told it to me, that it is just stained into my brain. And he says, Whatever you do, do with all your heart as working for the Lord and not any human person. And in that moment, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I got it. See, when it comes to, when it comes to us, when it comes to us, sometimes it's just so easy but it's also easy to abuse something. Like, we look at work, we look at our vocation, and it's easy to take it too lightly, and it's easy to go down the other way and, and make it the top priority in our lives. Or we can, we can abuse it, and, and, and I have like four or five different ways where our vocation, where our jobs become an abuse. So how do we keep our work in perspective? How, how do I work without it becoming my master? Because there are so many ways for our jobs to disrupt our priorities. So, let's go back to the first question I asked you. I said, what are we working for? And really, when I asked you that question, that's not the real question I really wanted to ask you guys. The real question is this. Who are we working for? Who do we we work for? We are working for the Lord. You know, it says that that we serve one master, and that is God. God. The passage calls me to work hard and to do it for him. That tells me that I'm not working hard in order to get employee of the month. You know, it's, I'm not working hard in order to get a raise. I'm not working hard so that my boss will like me. I mean, those are all good things, aren't they? None of those are bad. I mean, who doesn't want a raise? Who doesn't want acknowledgement for their hard work? We all do. Nothing wrong with that but those become a result. They become uh, something that happens when as we work, we realize who we're working for and we're working for God. Before this day, I don't think I had ever, when when that story I just told you, I don't think I ever looked at it in the way of I was working for God. You guys, do you live that way? I mean, maybe you do now. Maybe this is not new to you, but to me, this was the newest thing ever. I mean, you wanna know why I worked hard before this? Because A, I wanted money, nothing wrong with that, right? And B, I worked hard because my grandpa worked hard. I had just seen my grandpa go to work and work hard, and that's what kind of like made me wanna be like my grandpa. But, But then when this guy says this to me, it made me start to wonder. You know, who is it who provides me with the ability to work? Who is it that provides me with the job? Who is it that gives me good health? Who is it that shows me favor? Who is it that that every good gift comes from? And when we believe that, when we trust in him, when we trust that it's Jesus, and that that gives us the ability to do certain things, everything, then it's easier for us to remember him in a priority number one spot. I believe that with all my heart. Like, I'll tell you this. I love working at Emmaus Road Church. Honestly, I never knew if I would. I lived in Seattle. I liked the big city. You know, I, I, I enjoyed the weather. You know, they, they didn't get snow. Like, maybe a dusting each year that, that would then be gone. And not only did you you've got like this little teeny dusting. You know what they did? They canceled everything. Like the flurries we can't drive. And 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 I was like, man, this is the best. You get days off. And by the time it's done snowing, it's 43 degrees. And 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 and, I, and and God calls me to do it. And God leads me here. And it's probably been one of my favorite jobs of my whole life. I mean, I love it. And I'm telling you this for this reason. Who's number one in my life? God, at least I hope, I'm I'm trying to live that way. So who is it who provided this wonderful job for me? God, do you know why I moved here? I moved here because one day my wife came up to me and she was crying. And she said to me these words, I hate living here. Can we move? The same day, I called Paul Lang. It It was like the same night or the next morning. It was within 24 hours. I call Paul Lang. Who's priority number two in my life? My spouse. So my first calling is is my love for God. My second calling is my wife. My third one is what? And what's my fourth one? So what happens when when my fourth one is conflicting my second one? That's right. Because as much as I love you guys, you're my fourth calling in life. It's not bad, you're above the Cubs. <laughs> but like, as much as I want, I, I, to be honest, the pride of Brandon Pangman wanted to make it in Seattle. Second most, how you say it, unchristian city in America behind Portland. I wanted to make it there. My pride was completely wrapped up in that. But see, I can only have one master i can only serve one god and i believe that the one who's called me is the one who provides for me and when we work for god when we live for him he calls us to to work hard and to live differently because i'm not working for you and i know this sounds harsh too but like in a sense i believe with all my heart i don't work for you guys i work for god but i also believe on the flip side of that is i serve you like I, i'm a servant of this church and 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 I'm telling you that because I can only serve one master, and I believe that when we serve God, then hopefully and prayerfully, the results of that is that I find favor in Your eyes. That that's my reward. But see, so often that we 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 want to work so that we can make money and 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 it, and and. And then that money is what we start to live for. And when we live that way, then we start to cut corners. We start to steal. We start to lie. We start to cheat. We, and I'm probably going into other parts of my message. But then we don't even honor the Sabbath. Or, and then hear me when I say honor the Sabbath. Honor us Sabbath. I don't always believe the Sabbath is Sunday. For some people like me, because I work every Sunday, my Sabbath is Friday or it's Monday. But I, I, you, you get what I mean here. And, and, and it's not, I'm not called to serve two masters. Matthew six twenty four says no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So why is it so easy for us to get and, and to allow our job to be in our top priority? I, here's why I think, because I think we don't realize it. We just get busy with life. We, we just get busy. There's things that have to get done. We don't realize that we're falling into the trap. You know, every night before I go to bed, I do the same thing. I lock my doors. I'm laying in bed. I grew up in a city where people broke in people's houses. I don't care. I live in Detroit, and they do it here, too. But like every night, I lay in bed, and you know what the thought hits me? Did you lock the doors? And if I'm like, ah, oh, I think I did two out of three, do you know what happens? I can't sleep. I have to get up, and I have to check. Why? For the safety of my family. There's something inside of us that we need to invite. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to be be searching our hearts, our minds, and our souls in the same way that we constantly are checking our priority list, that we constantly ask the Lord, Lord, convict me. Am, am 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 I putting you number one? Because jobs come and go, but he sustains me daily. He provides the flowers for the field, and, and, and he provides for the birds of the air, and how much more will he provide for me? Because I think work is one of the sneakier priorities, I need to remind us of something. Part of, oh, what was Adam's punishment for sinning in the garden? By the sweat of his what? brow. By the sweat of his brow, he was gonna be called to work. And it's funny that the thing that he's called to do becomes something that, that becomes next that he's gonna replace God with. At least I do. At least I want to. You know how many jobs I have? I have three. You know, I, I do this, I, I'm your pastor, I do the youth convention, and then I also have an investment property. And to be honest, I want to work more. I like working. Who doesn't? But you know what? It's not good. I mean, I have limits, you know? And I'm saying this because there's, there's the sweat of the brow. And, and what happens is, is I start to worship things that are created instead of worshiping the creator. I trust in the things that, are, that can be accomplished by man's hands instead of trusting in God to be the one who provides, provides for me. And the thing about vocation is this. There's so many ways for it to trip us up. There's so many ways. We, play, we can, I said this from the beginning, we can work too much, right? Anyone been, ever guil, been guilty of working too much? Four of us? The holy saints are in the building tonight. How many of us have been g- convicted of working too much in our life? Okay. Any of you been convicted of working too little? Not working enough? Because scripture speaks to that too. That's two ways. Anyone ever allow their work to become their identity? That's another way it trips us up. What do you do? I mean, I, I I'll get on a plane and go someplace. What? Do you, what's the first thing someone asks me? What do you do? I, no, I think I've told you this before. I just lie. <laughs> I lie. I just tell them I'm in communications. If I tell my pastor that they they just want to talk the whole time, and I don't mind that, but I don't. I want to talk about other things too. So, <clears throat> but I'm telling you this. Because we live in a society that what you do becomes your identity. And you know why that's a problem? Because that goes right back into the series of God, spouse, kids, job. And for the majority of America, their number one priority is what? Job. You see that? And, and, and it's part of the reason why we get tripped up on this so much. I mean, I love the work, but I also realize that work would love to rob me of my first three callings in life. You know, you're sitting here and you might be like in, in high school or just out of high school or you might be in junior high. Hear these words. Hear the words. And I don't think we all do this, but I'm just saying I'm guilty of it. As much as, I, as, as, as I, I love the Lord with my heart, mind, and soul, as much as, 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 as I love my wife and I love the church and I love to raise my kids in the word, I'm also called to provide for them. You know the good thing about our jobs is they're the fourth thing, but the reason why our job is so important is because it provides for my number three priority and my number two priority in life. So just as much as my job can be a hindrance to me, can, can try to fight for things in, in my life, it's one of those things that I can't cut out because I'm called to provide for, for them, right? It's, 1 Timothy 5.8 says this, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially for their household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You hear those words? Those are some of the harshest words you're going to find in the New Testament. The, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially for their own household, has denied the faith, and it's worse than an unbeliever. We're called to work. We're called to provide for our families. And, 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 and I think, the, you know, when I think about all the ways that this can trip us up, you know, I, I, have, to, I have to have a job because I want to provide for my family. But this is a hard one for me because here's the next part of this. What about when I'm not excited about my job? What about when, I, when, when it is, I'm not passionate about it? And I go back to that whole thing where we talk about by the sweat of our brow. You know, not everybody's blessed to, to, to have a job they love. And I think part of the problem is we live in a culture that says what? Hey, go be passionate about what you're doing. It's not worth doing it if you're not passionate about it. Have you ever heard someone say that? I have, and you know I say? I say, well, passion doesn't pay my bills. Passion doesn't put food in my kid's mouth. You know, um, I am called to not always like my job. I do love my job, don't hear that. But I'm not always called to like everything I do in it. I'm called to work for him, Provide for my family, and third, realize that, my, that God might have me in my work position for a reason other than because I'm passionate about it. I, I know this is this is loose. I'm using this a little bit loosely, but what was Moses' calling? Moses was called to lead the Israelites, right? Did he want to do it? No. Matter of fact, he he, he made God so angry, God almost wiped him off the face of the earth. He kept on telling God, use someone else. And, 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 and he's called by God to go and do something. And then, not only did, did, was God called him to do it, he, then, he, then he wasn't very good at it at first. He did it outside the way God was calling him to do it. But he was called to lead a people group, and these people didn't want him to do it. Matter of fact, they, were, they got mad at him. They revolted against him. They grumbled against him. He was working too much, you know, but he was called by God to work. You know, I'm sharing that because we start this sermon series with our first priority, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Maybe you don't like or love sitting in a cubicle. Maybe you don't like cutting grass. Maybe you don't like putting shingles on a house. But maybe you can love the person sitting in the cubicle next to you. You know, like my calling is to provide for my family. But also while I'm doing that, I can let my light shine in such a way that it glorifies my Father in heaven. It gives me the opportunity to be a missionary. If you can't see your purpose in your job outside of of, of providing for your family and you're miserable and you can't stand your job, then then open your eyes to the people that God might have around you who need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm going to go back to my second year of Bible school. You got my first year of Bible school already. My first year of Bible school was the story I share with you. My second year of Bible school, I got a job at a place called Napa, working in a in a um, in a in a warehouse with no windows. You know, we'd go to school from eight to twelve, like I said, and then you'd go to work from one to five thirty every single day, Monday through Friday. So you go in there, and there's no windows. It's not the best job. It's hard. It was hard work. We literally took. Um, these big pallets of, and boxes of like alternators and batteries and all these different things and you take them and you put them on a shelf and that's what you did all day long. Mind numbing. And then what you would do is if you got lucky you would then get a sheet of paper if they gave you a different job and, you, and the sheet of paper would say go pull three of these parts so then the three parts you just put on the shelf you'd go and you'd grab them and you'd stick them in a tote and you'd take that tote and you'd box it up and you'd send it down the a conveyor line. And it wasn't the best job at all but it paid well. But I didn't always like it. I didn't like it at all, to be honest, at times. But then when I started working, there was this guy there. He he couldn't stand me. I mean, like, he hated me. Like, he probably would have loved to take me outside and fight me. (laughs) But after about a year and a half of working there, I remember just one day, like, he he was really mad. Because one day he ended up having, his boss came and said, hey, Brandon's gonna be working in your section from now on permanently. And the guy threw a fit. He was so mad. So then day goes by, day goes by, month goes by, month goes by. And this guy starts to, to, to soften towards me. He starts becoming my friend. He starts to joke with me. He starts to wh- like my work ethic as he was older than me. And, and I, I still had a, somewhat of a work ethic. And then I remember one day him sitting down and he started to talk to me. And he said this story to me. He said to me, "Um, you want to know why I hate you so much? I'm like, yeah, everybody wants to know why they're hated, so tell me why you hate me, all my bad personality traits, you know, like, yeah, give it to me. Why do you hate me? And he said, because my wife left me. And I hate God for that. And I was like, he doesn't hate me! (laughs) He hates God! (laughs) And, and, and And then he said, and I hate you because after years after my wife left me, I went to church on Father's Day. I need to pick me up. And when I went to church, the pastor beat me up. He didn't know it, but he talked about how dads are are not there and they're not good enough and they need to do more. And here I am, my wife left me, I'm I'm sitting in this church trying to raise my kid on my own. And I'm like, oh man. And I'm telling you this story because as we live our lives, we're called to work, as, work for the Lord. We live for him. I, I, I work so I can provide for my wife and my kids. But while I'm working, I have an opportunity to live out my faith for Jesus Christ. You know, here I am in a place I didn't want to be. And here I am with an opportunity to share the gospel with a guy who's completely broken, couldn't stand me, but needs Jesus. So I don't even really know how to close this message because it sounds kind of legalistic But we live in the, where we have an opportunity to allow work to become too much, but it can also be the best thing for us. So I'm going to say this to you. As you go to work, as you serve the Lord, as you mess up, as you do well, Proclaim his name. Live for him and live in him. In in his name, amen.